Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everybody, welcome to Health Ignited, where we're discussing uh, igniting your health freedoms to live a long, healthy life full of vitality, balanced hormones, and lots of brain energy. Mm-hmm. We're talking one about one of my favorite topics today, which is hormones. There's always lots to say because as we know, these little hormones are little communicators and they carry messages for us all over the body from our environment and essentially dictate our life. Yeah. So I'm going to be interviewing you on this podcast uh, because you just completed your book Mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be ready in in a few months from now. Uh, Sale is going to be going live in a few months. And uh, so you've you've got a chance to really dive into this stuff or we both have over the last 10 years. But uh, obviously, you've taken a lot further in, in your book writing. So I think where, where I'd like to start asking questions is, is regarding like the most common thing for so many women is, is PMS. What's, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So there's different things happening for different women. So essentially, when you look at your menstrual cycle, it's going to range from anywhere from 28 to 35 days. And that first half of our cycle, which is our follicular phase, is dictated by estrogen and FSH and then LH rising so that we can ovulate. And then there's like a little tiny surge of testosterone right around ovulation to get your mojo up. And then estrogen starts to fall so that progesterone can go up, um, which is more of that nurturing hormone that nourishes our body. And if there's no pregnancy, then we will shed that lining that was created in the first half. So that's kind of the rhythm in which the body wants to move in. But what happens is life. So when there's stress, the luteal phase can be affected because... um, Luteal phase, just for listeners, second half. half. Yeah. Yeah. And reason being is that our progesterone gets converted into cortisol when we're under stress. So different things like even traveling or exercising certain ways or just, you know, life stress can start to affect how much progesterone we have as a reserve moving into that luteal phase. And when we don't have enough and estrogen is taking over and not necessarily our estrogen that the body needs for our skin or cardiovascular system and to kind of give us that support for um, our hormones, it's usually the xenoestrogens from the environment that are coming in and kind of creating havoc in the ratio between these two hormones in that last half of our cycle. And the two hormones being estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. So can you, can you explain a little bit about what what are xenoestrogens? Mm -hmm. So these estrogens, what they do is, so we have our cells in our bodies and we have receptors sitting on top of them waiting for our true estrogen to come in. So estradiol, if you're a menstruating woman. So it's waiting, but these xenoestrogens will have the same chemical compounding as this estradiol. So they mimic this estradiol, which confuses the receptors and they will take place in that um, parking space, as you will, so that it will make it look like you have estrogen, but you actually don't. 
And it's hard for the liver to differentiate between the two. And then if say somebody has an inflamed gut or has been dealing with constipation, it's really hard for the body to get rid of these xenoestrogens, which then start to recirculate in the system. So then every month your body's trying to get rid of these excess estrogens, but it's having a difficult time because if the environment doesn't change, the stimulus isn't changing, and therefore the xenoestrogens are basically taking over rather than your estradiol, which is the one that's needed for our hormonal support. Yeah. So, you know, so far, like it, it can sound a little complicated with, mm -hmm. you know, the monthly cycle and everything. Um, but, you know, the, I think you did a good job of explaining, you know, where these, you know, quote unquote, bad estrogens can come from these xenoestrogens. And there's, there's actually some really interesting information, uh, there, a terazine, which is actually used in um, certain rice crops and things like that. And in, in farming uh, has been shown as is, as is xenoestrogen. So there's a stuff that's in, you know, standard food supply, food that we're, we're consuming. And in these salamander models that actually converted male salamanders into female, uh, and, and it's because this high, high amount of uh, the cetirazine, which is acting like this estrogen mm -hmm. in the body. So that tells us it's not just a female problem. Like, yes, mm -hmm. we're talking about our menstrual cycle and PMS, but really a lot of men now are dealing with excess estrogen, which is causing um, weight gain. It's causing erectile dysfunction. It's prostate causing issues. prostate issues. So. Yeah we're not the only ones that are affected and especially young kids. So young girls are developing a lot earlier and young boys aren't, their sperm counts are going to be affected. So these things are happening around us because of our environment. Yeah. And so it's, it's pervasive, right? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, that when you hear this though, it can get a little gloomy right. as you think like, how, how am I supposed to avoid it? Mm -hmm. So, you know, do, can you avoid it or what are you supposed to do about yeah. it? Well, there's certain things that you can control and there are certain ones that you can't. So the things that you can control are the food choices. So making sure that we're eating organic food, how we're storing our food. Are we using stuff that has BPA or even BPS, which is the sister of BPA, um, like canned foods or storing in plastic? These little micro decisions that we make every single day are going to have a profound effect in you know, the rest of our lives. So just being aware of the xenoestrogens that are in our environment. Women put on tons of products first thing in the morning. So we're being exposed right away. So looking at the products that you're using, are they going to disrupt hormone function? And right now you can go on EWG and you can look at the Environmental Workers Group website and put your products in there to see if there are high amounts of um, xenoestrogens so you can start making changes in like every room of your home and also the things that you're using so that you can control some parts of your environment okay cool so getting back to the the monthly cycle again and um we have these imbalances between uh, estrogen and progesterone and and then we mentioned at the beginning like tell me about pms so like these imbalanced ratios are going to lead to some disruption in a woman's monthly cycle. Mm -hmm. So when there is that imbalance and progesterone again, isn't getting to do its job in the last half of our cycle, things like breast tenderness may show up, um, irritability may show up uh, or like extreme sadness. That's another one. 
And then when the flow comes for some women, the flow ends up being really, really heavy. So you're seeing um, clots in your flow, maybe there's cramping and it's just, there's just a lot of discomfort and that's happening every single month. So when we start detoxifying these, you know, estrogens, when we start looking at some of the triggers that are causing this, that too starts to shift. Then the luteal phase, which is that last half of our cycle, will get the right amount of progesterone it needs to actually nourish the body. And so it doesn't feel like the body's working against us. Yeah. So, so why, why is it that some people benefit from birth control pills and what would be the reason mm-hmm. to add those in? So that tends to complicated question. <laughs> well, yeah. the reason I'm bringing it up is because a lot of times yeah. women may have these symptoms and then just, you just, they just know, Oh, I could just, I'll just take the birth control pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reason why it may help is that it's regulating that progesterone piece. So many women will go on progestin and they will feel better. And what's happening is you're not necessarily getting a true bleed at the end of the month, you're getting a letdown. And what that means is you're taking these high amounts of hormones, even in like mini pills, there's still, there's still hormones in there and they're synthetic. So they don't look as your hormones do in your body. And it's correcting your cycle in a sense that it's dictating what your hormones are doing. So for the first 21 days, you're taking these hormones. So there's no fluctuations now. And then you stop taking the pill for seven days. And now you're just getting a letdown bleed because now the hormones are dropping. So the signal for the uterus to release the endometrium is through this like massive drop in hormones. So it's like mimicking this um, cycle but not necessarily because you're taking the same hormone every single day. So you're not getting that fluctuation of the estrogen or the progesterone. So some people will have skin issues as like one of their PMS um, challenges, and then they will be put on estrogen based hormone pills and do a lot better. And then all of a sudden the skin is cleared up and that's because the xenoestrogens have been taking over. So we're still masking the problem, not necessarily getting rid of the, the triggers that were creating the problem in the first place. So it can give women relief in the beginning. And the thing to understand about birth control, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I think it's important to understand them. There's different generations of hormones. Many people think that when they're taking a progesterone only pill that they're just taking progestin, but really they come from testosterone. So then all of a sudden their testosterone is getting um, disrupted because they're getting their receptors in their body is now getting this impulse from the hormone pill as well. So there's, there's many different things to look at. So if you don't feel good on one, you want to make sure you know what generation it is, um, what it's doing in your body and some of the depletion that happens with the pill. Yeah. And we're going to have to do a separate podcast on all of these components because it's a whole other thing. But I think it's important because that usually becomes the band-aid tool for PMS is to just Mm -hmm. go, okay, well, we'll I'll take the pill, everything and go away. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because after you see, see women and you help them understand more about their cycle, like they now can feel empowered because Mm -hmm. they, they've got control and their the body's not, you know, dictating everything. And they're, they're actually in harmony with their body. That's right. And then you can make a decision because if you're in that phase in your life where you can't have children or don't want children, you're working on your career, you go into school or, you know, things are happening and you need some form of birth control, as long as you are tuned in and then you can actually make a decision that's going to benefit your body. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I think too, too many times in not just with birth control pill, but we make decisions based on convenience mm-hmm. before we make mm-hmm. decisions on, on what it's going to, you know, the impact of what it's going to do to the body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about estrogen and progesterone. Let's talk about like the, the libido hormone and the mojo hormone, the testosterone for mm-hmm. women. And, and maybe we can bring in some of our own experiences with each other, but there tends to be uh, some times in the month where, where women have a really strong libido and, and when, when there's not, and, and it's interesting how that, that change in these hormones really, you know, play a huge role in interest and desire. And when they're not there, it's kind of like, well, that that mojo is gone and yet the partner can have a different expectation right Mm -hmm. yeah i think this is really important to understand because what happens in relationship or even relationship itself is you start to feel like something's wrong with you like why is my libido not high all the time so the first half of our cycle especially right after the bleed you'll start to notice your cervical mucus is different reason being because now your hormones are changing estrogen is starting to rise and alongside it testosterone is also starting to come up to increase interest so that when the egg um, when there is ovulation then you know creation can happen so that first half you will notice that um, if you're not on the pill and you're regularly cycling you'll notice that there's more interest Um, you'll notice that you're paying more attention to maybe even how you feel and how you look and there's more energy or energy is more outward and you're more outgoing and maybe you can even exercise a little bit more you can fast a little bit more there's that first half of your cycle is all about action the moment the egg is released 24 to 48 hours afterwards progesterone is starting to go up that is the nurturing hormone that one's more internal it wants you to just nourish yourself it's creating like this cushion an environment for the egg to be implanted so it's all about um, nesting it's not about being outward so it's more about slowing down um, eating a little bit more higher carb diet um, not exercising as much or changing the way you're exercising so maybe you're going for walks or doing yoga So it's a lot more of an internal experience. So then the libido is going to be lower because we're waiting to see if this egg was fertilized and if it's going to stay. And once it doesn't, and then starts to release, and that's where the period comes. So that first half of the cycle really is where there's going to be more libido. Yeah. And then then interesting, like, you know, I think if if we were all taught this in in relationship school, you know, Mm -hmm. because everyone goes to relationship school before they get married to to learn about the hormonal cycle of their partner. But uh, I mean, that's super important because you, you know, I I find that often I I reference back to Sonia's cycle to see where, you know, fluctuations in mood or irritability or, you know, time alone. Not always in the best way because he's used it against me, too. Yeah. I mean, and again, she would take it that way because she's at a certain stage in her cycle, maybe. There it is. <laughs> but this is this is the interesting dynamic, really, is, is to as you get to know yourself, you can become a conduit to help teach your partner a little bit more mm-hmm. about about, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more internal right now or, you know, or maybe as as your partner, you know, changes their their outward expression of like feeling like they want to be more outgoing like that, that tends to coincide, like you said, with this rise in testosterone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, knowing yourself helps your partner to understand you a little bit better because men men are a completely different story, right? There, we fluctuate our hormonal levels much more. Uh, with much more volatility than than women do where it's it's more you know somewhat more predictable yeah Mm -hmm. exactly yeah 
Yeah. yeah, I think that is really important to understand so that expectations are met on both sides um, so that there is like a deeper understanding of what's going on. So things aren't taken personal and then there's a rhythm within the relationship too. Yeah, and so that doesn't mean like intimacy is off limits in the second half of the cycle, but it just may mean that the, 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 ma- the man or the masculine part in the relationship or whatever that may be uh, needs to find more creative ways to um, be in that nurturing space, mm-hmm. right? And, and maybe it does d- differ a little bit more. I mean, we see so many people of so many different types that have re- are really challenged by libido, are really challenged by an intimacy, and they feel a lot of rejection or they feel discouragement because libido is not there. And and you know, there's a cycle going on. There's toxicity stresses going on. There's emotional stresses. There's life. There's there's a boatload of stuff that lead to that, you know, that state change in your mm-hmm. hormone profile, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to think about like behavioral endocrinology um, and hormone states for men and women. For women, it's oxytocin, like the hormone of connection. So if a woman is feeling disconnected with herself or her community or her partner, it's going to be harder to tap into that state. And for men, it's testosterone. So if they're feeling like they're not on purpose or living a life that, gives them that feeling of being in action and getting the job done, they too are not going to be in that same state. So I think the more conversations we can have around that, the easier it becomes to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Like, you know, again, getting back into the the male energy, you know, when there is that lack of purpose, that lack of drive, that like that lack of production or, you know, something to fix, you know, whatever the calling is for, for the man, um, yeah, this, this sense of purpose does deplete and it can be a huge rock to confidence and it, mm-hmm. and it does show up in the physiology of the biochemistry with the hormone, uh, depletion. I mean, we're seeing, like you mentioned dropping sperm counts. There's a natural decline of, of testosterone and, and progesterone from the age of 25 to 40 by up to 50%, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, people snacking all day long and higher carbohydrates interfere with some of these testosterone levels and, and progesterone. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, variables that are impacting hormones, which impact your behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, impact your life and your relations. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting because we, you know, in that state, often we're blaming our partner, mm-hmm. you know, we're blaming things outside of us and not recognizing that, that, you know, we generally feel better when our hormones are more balanced. Or sometimes you recognize it and you still want to blame them. Is that a poke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, in this discussion, our, our hope really is that, you know, bringing in awareness to a woman's monthly cycle, you know, what are some of the disruptive forces that can show up uh, that, that create dysregulation and PMS and some of those other things and to, to know yourself more intimately on the, on the level of, you know, libido and desire for life and vitality and confidence. Um, you know, the, it may be cyclical in your month and it's okay if you're having, mm-hmm. a, you know, some slower, more nurturing days. It's just, that's part of the mm-hmm. cycle, right? Yeah. It'll build more compassion for yourself because life doesn't change with our cycle, unfortunately, but if you're feeling slower one week, there is a reason behind it. If you're feeling more motivated another week, there's a reason behind it. So the more you learn and the more self-discovery that you do, the easier it becomes to be compassionate. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're not broken. You don't have to, you're not broken. you don't have to fix yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's just part of life. That's so. right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good discussion. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to come back with another discussion at some point, discuss diving into birth control pill a little bit more, because that's a really, really important one for, for women mm-hmm. um, and, and men to know about their, uh, their, about their women. So we'll, we'll dive into that on a future one. That's, right. that's all. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the health ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.